it's really, really hard to change an adult's mind. They have their perceptions for whatever reason that they're carrying. But as he was doing this, he would find that kids would just run up to, you know, whatever it was, and they thought that the name and the brand and our logo was so cool, and they connected to it. And it clicked for him. He's like, I'm going about this the wrong way. To change these minds and to change this perception, it's the youth that we need to be educating. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name is Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And I'm here in our downtown Chicago studio with my good friend, Jim Carr. And your co-host. And my co-host, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm in yeah. for 50%, aren't I? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Abs- yeah. Last time we checked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we are here downtown Chicago. I'm staring right at the Merchandise Mart. and uh, It's snowing. It's snowing. I know. This is unbelievable. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So we have a great episode today. It's kind of a continue. It's a continuation of something that we've talked about in the past. So we will get to that very soon. But do you have manufacturing news for us today, Jim? As a matter of fact, I do. What do you know? All of the people that listen to the show and part of the metalworking nation know how I get my manufacturing news. How do I? How do I get my manufacturing? Well, first of all, you wake up in the morning and your cell phone is underneath your pillow. (laughs) Sometimes. I don't know how you do that. My cell phone is on a, not even close to me when I'm sleeping. Okay. No, but I wake up in the morning, I make a pot of coffee, and I sit there and I... You do sleep with your cell phone. I know this. I do. It does, the, the cell phone is not in the bed with me. You snuggle your cell literally, phone. Don't lie. It is literally 18 inches away from me. So I can check my Facebook and I can check email and see if anybody's texting me in the middle of the night. You need to relax, buddy. I, uh, well, sometimes I do. But anyway, I did scroll through my Google manufacturing news. Actually, it was this morning. And we always talk about good stuff and bad stuff. And I think lately we've been talking about a lot of bad stuff. So today I found a NASDAQ.com that they're talking about ETFs to watch on U.S. manufacturing revival. And wow. they're saying that February was a a pretty big month in manufacturing, and notably the ISM manufacturing data expanded to 51.8 in March from 49.5 in February, buoyed by new orders that increased output. The data came from the Wall Street Journal expectation of 50.5, notably a reading of 50 or higher points to growth. Now, I'm actually reading this article along with you, and what's interesting- On your phone. Um, yeah, on my phone. And what's interesting about it is that the reason that they're highlighting this is because the dollar is getting a little weaker and oil prices are going up, which is not normally like people's intuition as far as what they want. But actually, for the manufacturing industry, that it actually makes the outlook for manufacturing better because there's a lot of manufacturers that are tied to production for the oil industry or for you know people related to that. And then also... If the dollar gets weaker, 
it makes it less expensive for us to export. Or I'm sorry, it makes it less expensive for customers overseas to buy USA-made goods. Is yes. that correct? I, I think you're good. I think I'm good. If if, yeah. if there's somebody that would like to, if I'm saying this incorrectly, no, I um, think you're somebody good. Should, I think you're good. Some, somebody I should let me know because well, I, I I was never very good at that. Was actually one of my weakest subjects was macroeconomics. I never really understood it too well. But I think I'm explaining that correctly. Yeah, I did. Well, at the end of the day, I think you wouldn't know, Jim. You're not I, you're not a macroeconomics. I know. Either. I'm definitely not a macroeconomics. <laughs> I live my life by my wisdom. I appreciate your confidence in me. <laughs> no, I I do. It's it sounds good. But anyway, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's it's nice when you could be saying the wrong thing and sound really confident and intelligent. And it's so, somebody should fact check me. Yes, actually. they should. Anyway, it's it's great to bring positive news to the metalworking community because y- you hear all this bad stuff every day, and it just gets a little cumbersome and, and tiresome, quite honestly. So I agree. A great article. Yeah. So. Um, Again, I want to reiterate, a couple weeks ago, it was great that we got to talk with Peter Eelman from IMTS. I know I keep talking about it. I thought it was really exciting. By the way, he sent me an email just recently. He said, you guys crushed it on that thing. He said he can't wait for us to meet him in Chicago when he comes and have dinner. Remember you mentioned the yeah, restaurants. I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So I've registered for IMTS. You have? Have you registered yet? I'm going to get it done. I know everyone Everyone keeps saying, Jim, you better register. Yeah, get it done. So here's what you need to do. Okay, go. You need to go to IMTS's website and click on the show tab. Okay, and what does that do? Well, what it's going to help you to do is it's going to help you to plan out your IMTS week. What you're going to see. Yeah, everything. Exhibitors yeah. that you want to make sure you see. There's a link right here to the 80 hotels that are collaboratives of theirs that they're giving special rates on. Yeah, IMTS just wants to make it easy for us to manage our time while we're at the IMTS events. This looks great. Awesome. So when, when I ask you next week if you've registered yet, are you going to say you haven't yet? Or are you going to uh, register? I promise I will. But okay. I'm, I'm more interested in some media passes, but you can tell me that offline about uh, how to get those. Yeah. Because we, we are media now, No right? problem. We're going to yeah. be there. We're going to yeah. be broadcasting live. We are going to be broadcasting live. From the floor. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. So I'm really excited today to have a very, very special VIP guest in our Chicago studio with us. All the Making Chips family of people that listen to the show know that I shared a few weeks ago that I had taken a trip out to Jackson, Michigan. My friend David Sharkey uh, from Orbit Form invited me out for the day to tour some local Jackson, Michigan manufacturing companies and invited me to the JAMA Jackson Area Manufacturing Association dinner. Really enjoyed myself that evening. I met some great people. And one of those people that I met on that particular trip is a young lady by the name of Kelly Burr. And she, I'll I'll let Jason get into it, but I called her, or Ryan did, and said, we'd like to have you in our studio with us and and talk to us about all the good stuff that she and her team are doing with regard to enlightening young kids and students about careers in manufacturing and just getting them all teed up and engaging with them. So we do have her in our studio right now, and I'm going to let Jason... Go ahead and introduce her, and then I'm going to ask her some questions about the foundation that she manages. 
So we have in our studio Kelly Burr, who is the executive director at the ShopRat Foundation, and she's been at that foundation for about five years. And as Jim mentioned, this is a organization in Michigan. The mission of this foundation is to ignite interest in the manufacturing careers among the nation's youth. So they look at ways to educate, they come up with curriculum, they develop outreach programs, and they partner with schools, community groups, mm-hmm. companies, industry associations, and this is all for the promotion of the manufacturing industry. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, Jason, you should have been with me on I that I would have loved I to. Mean, oh, I, I, I have to tell you, I was so impressed with what, what they're doing at the ShopRat and what they're doing in Jackson in general is really inspired me. And of course, I brought the story back with me. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love the name Shop Rats. I think I think <laughs> that that's just, it's just a cool branding name. It's so hard to come up with like a unique name for a company. And I think that you guys really nailed it with Shop Rats. I want her to explain where that came from. It sounds a little grimy, which is, you it know, we don't, we don't really want to like push manufacturing as this grimy industry, but it's still cool. You know what I, I like it. So yeah. Tell us, where did that well, name her, come from? Her students are getting dirty on the factory floor, yes, right? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I yeah. guess when you when you're a student in high school, you have to do kind of the dirtier jobs. The you know, you, you can't start off on a CNC machine necessarily. So nope. tell us where that name ShopRat came from. It's kind of a funny story. Well, funny-ish. But our founder has always just been very proud of being a manufacturing entrepreneur. And he started his first business, I think, at 23. And he's just always been one of those people that builds things with his hands and his mind. And so it's something that he's very proud of and really identified with the term shop rat as a positive thing because for him it was a way of owning, you know, these skills. And when he and his first wife were raising their son, she said to him once, I don't want our son to grow up and be a shop rat like you. And it really, it struck him and stopped him. And he said, what do you, what do you mean? What's, what's wrong with what I do? He's like, I own my own business, we're successful, and we're creating things that matter in this world. And why isn't that something to be proud of? Why isn't that a legacy that you would want to pass on? And that lit a fire in him. And as he progressed later in his career, he had decided that he really wanted to take hold of that term and that name, shop rat, and change the perception that is associated with it and change the way people think of those that work in this industry. So we had started it as a membership organization um, back in 2004 as a way to bring pride and bring people together that work in this industry. And what he was finding as he had this large marketing campaign, I mean, even sponsored a NASCAR (laughs) car, as he was pushing this whole perception shift and this marketing campaign, that it's really, really hard to change an adult's mind. They have their perceptions for whatever reason that they're caring. But as he was doing this, he would find that kids would just run up to, you know, whatever it was. And they thought that the name and the brand and our logo was so cool. And yeah, you have a cool muscular it. rat as your, as yeah, your mascot, right? And, and it clicked for him. He's like, I'm going about this the wrong way. That to change these minds and to change this perception, it's the youth that we need to be educating. And, you know, he started looking into it and seeing that so many schools had dissolved their industrial tech departments and and just the nature of things that most of these kids now, they don't have dad or grandpa that has a toolbox. Right. Or anywhere near yeah, manufacturing. They're not the hands on people, you know, that are 
fixing things. And so they just don't have an opportunity to even explore that. Yeah. And we've talked about this on a previous episode that, you know, a lot of these schools have dissolved these programs and it's so much harder to start them up. You, you almost need like a foundation in that collaboration between the schools and the, and the, and the businesses and everything like that in order to get these youth interested, develop the curriculum, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. That's a good segue into what I'm going to ask next. Why don't you tell us, Kelly, in your own words, what, what the Shop Rat Foundation does. Explain the, the structure so the metalworking nation can hear it and understand it and relate to it. And then we're going to dig in and get some of the tough questions answered. Sure. So our mission as an organization is to ignite interest in manufacturing careers among youth through innovation and outreach. And the way that we do that is through exposure programs, exploratory programs, and preparatory programs. So getting these families and these students in and showing them what modern manufacturing looks like and the different careers that are involved in it, or you know, working with our local school districts and offering career exploration programs and open house events where you're bringing in those local companies to say, okay, here are great career opportunities that are going to be available to you. And here's how you get there. These are our different partners that serve in different capacities along your pathway to get you to that point. So we have our exposure programs. We do exploratory programs. These can be camps that we offer within our five focus areas, which are Machining, welding, construction, engineering, and advanced manufacturing. Wow. Where we'll get into mechatronics and additive manufacturing. Sure. Cool. But we'll do a program that lasts a week or 30 hours, and the students will go an inch deep, that they'll absolutely obtain some skills that can be applied to these careers, but they just get excited that we, we really try to make it a fun, exciting experience for them that they say, hey, this is something I'd like to maybe learn more about. Yeah, using machinery to make something is cool. (laughs) Absolutely. We have to be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Manufacturing is what what made us the country we are now. We can't give that up. It's made what you and I are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's made my family into what it is today. So we, we need to continue that legacy. But anyway, you're based in Pleasant Lake, Michigan. We are. How many different counties within that area do you engage with and are working with? We are currently serving five counties. What um, are those counties, Kelly? Jackson, Ingham, Lenaway, Livingston, and we have another county that we're working on launching some programs with right now. So. Okay. It's in the works right it's now. It's in the works, so I don't want to... Okay. No worries. No worries. <laughs> and, and how many total students of all five of those counties, how many total students do you have enrolled in the program? You should get a drum roll for this one. Okay. I'm going to write it down. All right. I'm always taking notes. We are serving 3,000 youth between wow. um, That's fabulous. the ages of 12 and 18. They're in grades 6 through 12. So, so you're serving 3,000 youth. What exactly will they be doing on an annual basis with the organization? You know, that ranges. So the 3,000 youth that we're serving, most of those are through our exploratory programs and our preparatory programs. But Some are through those tours that I talked about, the manufacturing tours or the community events. But we have an exploratory program that we do where we actually go into math and science classes at our local schools and conduct a project for the students over a week where they're not only going through an engineering process, but they are building their own cars, the CO2 cars. And we have worked with one of our local manufacturers and we have a video for the students that get to take a tour of the shop, see what's manufactured and how it relates to the project that they're working on so that they can see how that applies to a future career in their own backyard. 
that program alone serves about 1,700 youth annually. Okay. And what, what ages? There are sixth graders in that program. Okay. So what is the next level after that? So you said that's a sixth grade level. So let's say my son was enrolled in that. If he decided or she decided that they wanted to move on throughout the years, explain the different levels and the experiences that they could have as they progress through the years. Absolutely. Our exploratory programs are are meant just as that, an opportunity to explore. But we do offer preparatory programs as well. These are both camps and after-school programming that are for 6th through 12th grade students. So if we come into that math or science class and you know, Johnny decides that this is the coolest thing that he has ever done in his life and this is what he wants to do, we have opportunities there for him to then sign up for an after-school class or a camp where we'll go a little bit further. Then they do projects within all of our focus areas. And actually our developing students spend eight weeks just machining. Oh, that's so cool. Just machining because what we found is of all of our different focus areas, that's the hardest one for us to get them excited about because they don't have a clear understanding of what that means. So you're saying by doing this preparatory or the the exploratory, it leads them into preparatory Mm -hmm. and that gets them excited about the machining aspect of it. Or if you just threw them in right away, they wouldn't, there wouldn't be an engagement. Exactly. It's just overwhelming at that point. So it's the buildup. Yep. (laughs) And so with those preparatory programs, most of our introductory students are sixth and seventh graders that come in after school that have had some interaction with us before through one of our other types of programs that we offer. Our curriculum is entirely hands-on and project-based. So within each of our units for our focus areas, they are building something. They're doing skill development related to that. So they're reading calipers and micrometers. They're learning how to read a tape measure when it's our construction unit. They are on SolidWorks as... That is awesome. That is awesome. And... We start them there. They do that type of setting for introductory. The developing level, they spend eight weeks in machining just because we need a little bit more time to really get them in there. And That's got to be a lot more comprehensive too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, are you teaching them how to select drill sizes, use speeds and feeds? What about actually programming the machine? They do. They do get into a little bit. They learn like what, G&M code programming Mm -hmm. or what kind of machines do you have on on the show? Or do you go to your your collaboratives we work with our collaboratives all of our preparatory programs are held either at our local career and tech center or at actual manufacturing shops we we really love the idea of our students learning in that environment and seeing how it applies directly so our welding is held at a metal shop kelly how many students are typically enrolled in those like the machining aspect one how many students are in that classroom there are 14 students. Oh, 14 total, mm-hmm. okay. At a time. We okay. max our classes between 12 and 14 because we really are devoted to them having an individualized experience that they get to ask questions and they get that one-on-one that they need. So. And there's one instructor. There's an instructor and an instructional assistant. So. Okay, good. So I'm just I'm thinking that the, the preparatory class, the machining class, is probably for what, juniors and seniors? No. no. It's even lower than that. No. Yeah. You're kidding. (laughs) Nope. Our developing class that I mentioned that they're spending eight weeks machining, that is mostly seventh and eighth graders. Wow. And the reason for that is after that developing level, they've, they've been through all of our focus areas and that they can select an area of interest. And once they've selected their area of interest, their class moves from a 15 week program 
to a 30-week program where they're working with peers and industry mentors in their specific focus area to really just dive even deeper and continue developing those skill sets. That's awesome. Just unbelievable. I don't think we have anything like that here. Local. No, we don't. We, I mean, we could use to, a program to start them off earlier for sure. I think it's a great idea. I mean, I mean it's really getting me excited about what they're doing out there in, in Jackson. And the reason that we're serving that particular age group is because we're fortunate in Jackson County and some of our other counties that we serve that there are fantastic programs in manufacturing at our career and tech centers for those 11th and 12th grade students. There's our early middle college in Jackson, where it's a partnership between all of our community schools, our career center, as well as our local colleges and our manufacturing association that has an apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. So that they're connected with our companies, they're connected with the apprenticeship program and the degree programs. And so they've had experience that they can jump in as that 11th grader that has a clear sense of direction. Cool. So what kind of feedback are you getting from these students that are getting there? I mean, are you seeing enrollment starting to soar? I mean, do you have analytics over the last, how, how many years has ShopRat been a foundation? We have been in existence since 2004. We started doing education programs in 2006. And at that point, it was about 15 local students coming to Chris's shop on Saturdays to build shopper bikes. Wow. And we've seen a huge increase over the last 10 years in the number of students that we're serving. And what do you think brought that increase on? What What do you think was the driving force that really pushed it ahead? Honestly, I think it's our students and our student experience because the absolute best marketing tool that we have is our students. That's Word of mouth. They, they do. They, they get excited about what they're doing and they tell their friends and then their friends join the class or their parents are excited about what they're doing and they and tell... They tell Younger brother, exactly, sister. and so most of our students that participate in the program, they stay, they continue through the program, and we'll see younger brothers and sisters coming through and friends coming through, and that momentum has made a huge impact on the number of students that we're serving, probably more than anything else. That's awesome, awesome. So, exploratory is the early years. And then preparatory. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ish. Kelly. She's looking at me. <laughs> okay. Saying... Think of it as a matrix. Okay. So we have introductory developing and advanced level programs. In the other direction, we have those exposure programs that some of them are intended for sixth and seventh grade students. Some of them are intended for even younger. Some are for high school students to show them what's applicable to their age group. The exploratory programs, those are taking maybe one of our focus areas and presenting it in a short-term but really fun way so that they get a taste of it. And we offer exploratory programs that range from sixth grade all the way up. I see. Okay. Same for the preparatory programs, that we have preparatory programs that serve students in sixth grade but also serve students up through graduation. Wow. Cool. So for, for somebody that's in the middle of Oklahoma, let's say, and they want to Nebraska, up, or Nebraska, wherever, <laughs> and they want to start up something like this based on the experience that you have, like where, where would they start? Good question. I want to bring like schools and businesses together and really get this off the ground. I want to start a program just like this. What would you recommend? Well, they have a lot of options. One, they could call us. Um, we're really happy to help facilitate that thing. We, we get those kind of calls. Great. Pretty regularly. Our mission is not to do it all ourselves, but it's also to get students excited and give them direction. And if we can help others to do that, we're really committed to doing so. But really, part of what's made our program work in our communities is we listen to our manufacturers. We listen to what they need and try to drive that down into our programs and into our 
to our students so that we can build the workforce that applies to them. Great. Are there any kind of credentialing papers that you can get from the program? Like I know when you do like hands-on CNC training and you're in a formalized apprenticeship program, you get NIMS credentials. Is there any kind of takeaway that the students receive after completing a particular curriculum? You know, we don't really get into that because our goal is to get them excited, give them skills, and then pass them off to to our partners, to our educational partners. Because we have fantastic partners at our career center and through the early middle college, that they're the ones that are doing that. Your goal is to ignite. Exactly. And then the (laughs) the next step is that they go somewhere else to get that credential. Yes. And we do serve through 12th grade, but the primary reason that we serve through 12th grade is our students that start with us, they want to stick with us. So they like it. They do. But we do encourage them to do those other opportunities and gain that experience Mm -hmm. because we think it's a really important piece. So what is your founder, Chris, doing right now? (laughs) Tell us about him because he started this fabulous foundation. He is wonderful. He is definitely still very involved in the foundation and the direction and that's definitely a piece, but he has Peak Manufacturing, one right. of his companies, so his manufacturing company, and he also has a really exciting other company that his son, funny enough from the earlier story, um, runs, and that is XOI Technologies. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Very cool. So he's he's got his hand in a lot of different things, but... And his son's name is? Aaron. Aaron. Didn't I, well, I get you an did. opportunity to you talk did. with Aaron when mm-hmm. I was there on the phone? Mm-hmm. We kind of called him real quick and... What Aaron's doing is it's like incredible. super exciting. I, I actually have a need for some of those XOI glasses that that they make. I I, I would love to get my hands well, on those. I can definitely connect you. Okay, you should. okay. We should have Aaron on the show because sure. what he yeah. is doing is really really cool. You talk about utilizing technology oh, into yeah, a conventional conventional service. It's unbelievable. It it's, is. It really is. And they've been a fantastic partner to us as well in figuring out how to share that skill set of our older workforce with our youth. And so they've been wonderful and supportive and helping us to figure out ways to bridge that with their technology. So fabulous. Great. It's been great having you on the show. It genuinely has been a pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, again, I get to, to <laughs> see your smiling face and hopefully I'll be able to get to see you once again. And, yes. then, and then we're trying to work it right now. But um, we'll, what we'll do, Jason, is if we do, in fact, go on that trip, we'll absolutely have to set aside about an hour and a half and, and go over and see Kelly and she That'd can show us her facility. You know, if anybody wants to connect with you or, or donate to the cause, yes. shoprat.org. <laughs> Click on the donate button at the top right yes, hand. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. And if they want to connect with you personally, can they do that like through a LinkedIn profile? They can. Um, I am available through LinkedIn. My name is K-E-L-L-Y-B-U-R-R. No E in Kelly. No E in Kelly. Oh, well, the first E, no, not a okay, second Okay, the one. second E, yeah. <laughs> Jim's not very good at spelling. No, he's not. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Please do connect with me through LinkedIn or visit our website, we offer these programs either at no or very little cost to our students. So that support is really crucial. That's great. Fantastic. Kelly, thanks so much. Thank thanks you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. And as, as I, we always say at the end of our, our, our show is, you know, boy, it's, it's so rewarding to, to have great guests like Kelly with us today and, and, and sharing all this good stuff going on across the country. Yeah, and just inspire somebody yes. in Nebraska or Oklahoma or, you know, wherever else to ignite. do something like that, to ignite them to say, I need to motivate the 
grade schoolers, the high schoolers in my area to say manufacturing is cool and this is really cool that I can make these things on a computer controlled machine and just get them excited about that because I know like at my daughter's school, I mean there's 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 no kids that are excited about manufacturing. They don't it's know. It's not even on, it's not even on their radar. So I, I need to figure out a way if I can bring that to uh, bring that to them and see if there's Field a way trip to ignite to car that. Machine. Yeah, something there like you. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a wrap, right? Not yet. Not yet. No. What do we normally say at the end? <laughs> if they want to, if if they want to get a hold of us, how do they get a hold of us? They go to makingchips.com. You bet. How about all those social platforms? Uh, yeah. So I would say that the best place to get a hold of Jim and I is on LinkedIn. That's that's like our go-to it social is. platform. It is J I M C A R R. Yes, and Z E N G E R for me. For Jason. Yes. Mr. Jay-Z over there. Yes, exactly. And if you need to email us, we're Jason at, Jim at, and Ryan at makingchips.com. And I I know the phone number too. Oh, go, Jim. Yeah, 312-725-0245. That's not correct. Yes, it is. No, you have it written down wrong. (laughs) You do. 312-725-0245. That's not it. Oh, crap. I'm just kidding. It isn't. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's his birthday. He thinks he can get away with everything today. Anyway, once again, I'm going to reiterate area code 312-725-0245. Give us a ring. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some inspiration for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. A lot of people do call. A lot of people do write. A lot of people do share their success stories with us. And don't forget Ryan's Patreon account makingchips.com forward slash Ryan. He's dying for that new laptop. Add five bucks to the account. Make him happy. Make him smile. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.